Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. The PK Podcast is a weekly conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the promotional products business. I'm Bobby Lehue, and joining us today, always as always, my co-host, Mark Graham. And today, we are actually continuing our podcast series called Tech Meets Promo, but we're also launching over into the Distributors DNA series that we're starting. Yet again, we had, like last episode, we had Chuck Fandos, who's got, who's got a, a foot in both worlds, both in technology as well as a distributor uh, running a successful distributorship. And today, we've got a guy on the podcast that I've been wanting to have on the podcast for some time because this guy is passionate about e-commerce sales. And today, we're joined by Jim Franklin, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing. He's a partner at Inkhead Promotional Products, and uh, if you don't know Inkhead, they are a fantastic company, and Jim, it is a privilege to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here, guys. Welcome, Jim. Welcome. So we we have been talking about online e-commerce sales, and Jim, you've been working on a presentation that actually you're going to be delivering um, on a panel, with a panel at the NALC uh, event coming up this summer. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of the details are when it comes to e-commerce, some of the challenges, maybe some of the bad preconceived notions that the industry has and what you think is the future of e-commerce sales? That's a loaded question to start us off, but that's why we're here. Well, thanks for the question. And it's um, what I will tell you is um, with humility, when I got involved on the Internet side, uh, and joined Inkhead in January of 2009, um, like most brick-and-mortar distributors who have a background in that, which is where my background comes from, man, I, I, I was like, uh, this, you know, I'm going to join the Internet. Now, now everything's going to get small. You know, all I'm going to be dealing with is all these small mom-pop orders. Boy, was I wrong. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that shocks people and one of the biggest misconceptions are that only small orders are placed online. Um, that's... Mm. That that's, can be true if you don't talk to anybody. We're one of a handful of online providers that allow a consumer to go through like six or seven steps and place an order without ever talking to anybody. Are those four or $500 orders? Mostly, yes. But do we ever see five and $10,000 orders like that? We do. But we actually see six-figure orders a few times a year also when people actually call and talk to us and do some extensive research for a program that they're doing. And I think that's probably one of the most shocking revelations when people hear that somebody will go online and buy something that could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars without ever meeting somebody. <laughs> it leaves people scratching their heads saying, you know, I don't believe that or that's too good to be true. And it, I'm here to tell you it's not. Jim, do you guys have an intercept policy when you see a size of an order that reaches past a certain threshold? Do you say, all right, that's when we're going to jump in with the A-team or something like that? Or, or uh, is that just handled on a case-by-case, person-by-person basis? It's a great question. Um, we are set up in four sales teams. And uh, the, answer, the short answer to the question is absolutely. When something, whenever anything, it, when I started here in 09, this is how fast things have grown online. Our threshold was if there was any inquiry of $2,000 or more, 
either I wanted to be I wanted to be alerted of it. Um, from 2009 until now, we've added a web sales manager, a sales manager, a customer service manager, um, who all report to me, and then we also uh, have my level. So now we've grown to where if it's a 2000 to a $10,000 order, the sales manager and web sales manager review it, and if they need to get me involved, they will. And now if, if there's anything north of $10,000, it comes directly from my review. Jim, I'm 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 always curious to ask this question of internet companies. What percentage of your business is done where the customer has never interacted with your team before? They go online, they find you on a Google search or somewhere on social media, go online, they order the koozie, which is Bobby's favorite product, by the way. Uh, <laughs> upload right. their logo, put their credit card in, and 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 don't speak to anyone, not on chat not on the phone, not over email with your company. What percentage of your business uh, um, is, in that, is in that category? North, uh, about 60% of our orders. Really? Wow. And, and, you know, and, 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 and wrap your mind around this one statistic because my jaw dropped. Uh, um, Kevin Lyons-Tar, the uh, president and CEO of 4imprint, uh, I've been chatting with him recently. And I just was curious, you know, um, I mean, you guys are so big, you got to, you guys got to do, you know, thousands of orders. And his comment to me was in 2011, they did more than 400,000 orders. Wow. Wow. I mean, just, I mean, picture that. I mean, if you figure that on the, in the average month, let's say there's 22 work days. So you got 264 work days in a typical brick and mortar world. So if you took 400,000 orders and divided it by 264 workdays, that means that that company is averaging over 1,500 orders a day, which is more, uh, which is more than the average distributor would receive in, an, in more than a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, your sort of evolution with, with Inkhead, I mean, you came in as the brick-and-mortar guy, right? You, you're familiar with programs business. You, you're fully entrenched in this industry. Um, what were some of the hurdles you had to overcome to realize that Internet sales and online e-commerce sales and full shopping cart opportunities existed and need to be capitalized upon? Well, there's, the, you know, there's two things to keep in mind. Uh, your success as an Internet company is really, really dependent upon transactions, which means you have to have traffic. So if that's the first objective, um, if, if you have traffic and we're fortunate to have a lot of traffic, we'll probably be in the neighborhood of a million unique visitors this year. Um, and, and when you have that kind of traffic coming to your site, your challenge literally becomes how do I mine this data to optimize exactly what you just asked? You know, what who, what clients should we have on a drip to talk to, you know, 5, 10, 15 times a year? Which one should we have on a drip to talk to twice a year? Right. Um, and so that's, that's problem number one because it's impossible, uh, you know, and that's just being humble and telling you when you have that kind of traffic and you have 21 employees, you cannot, it's impossible to stay current. So how to optimize and leverage that data is is one of the most fascinating challenges online and you know and then so that that really is i would say in a nutshell is 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 the biggest challenge is is, is you know where do we engage in a, in, in a crm drip to make sure that we keep that customer in front of us jim i i've always been um inspired by your passion 
to educate people about the online side of our business. Um, and, and I know that that often comes because of a concern on your, on your part that um, many people in the industry still think that internet companies cheapen our medium and, and are set out to destroy uh, profitability in the traditional distributor. How do you respond to those concerns? Well, it's, it's it, again, great question for, for us. Um, what we did is a survey, and, and because of the way uh, internet proprietary platforms are set up, um, some are done very organically, some are done with a mixture of organic and pay-per-click and various forms of marketing activities that are paid for. Um, so most of the people we talked to did not want us to use their name. But I can tell you, we did a survey of over 10 online companies, and what we found uh, is the vast majority of the successful online providers um, are using uh, top-rated, the top 40 suppliers within ASI or PPAI or both. So literally, it, it, it's 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 a mis, it's just a misnomer. Um, uh, most of the people we talk to have PPAI numbers, have ASI numbers, and are using the same vendors. Our company, Inkhead, is using the same vendors I used where I came from on the brick and mortar side. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I, I think that maybe where where the where the the traditional argument comes from is look at xyzpromos.com and their margin is eighteen percent on a koozie when no one else can survive on that and I'm not singling out any one particular internet uh, provider and I, we would put ourselves somewhat in that category as well um, I'm often amused by that but w what how do you respond if you have anyone that comes onto your site and says well Jim you're you're ruining the margins of this industry what how, how do you how do you respond to that we do get people there's it's it's interesting I'll, I'll give you two answers to that one is when I was on the brick and mortar side, the first 10 years in the industry, um, we would run into whether it be a Kaiser and Blair rep or whether it would be a stay-at-home mom that was working out of their basement. Um, yeah. And they were doing the exact same thing that you're talking about that some of these rogue internet companies will do periodically, where all of a sudden you got somebody selling under 20%. How do you compete? How do you survive? Absolutely. And 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 so does that does that happen? The, the short answer is, of course, it does. Does it happen a lot? No. And when you get into the devil and the details, you know, one of the things that we find online is to is we encourage and educate our consumer to research the details of how their order is being processed. When are you going to get your proof? What is your lead time? Um, because what happens, speed kills online. Most of the inquiries we get that are yeah. margin and price driven are always based on rush orders. And right. what, peop what people will commonly do is call an internet company like Inkhead that does not charge for rush service. The only time we charge for rush service is when the factories charge us. And in right. most instances, when you grow to a certain point, whether you're on the brick and mortar side or you're on the internet side, you can have a free sureship program of some sort sure. uh, from, from some of the key suppliers. So, um, yep. But what we find online is a lot of people will masquerade and they'll have this price that's too good to be true. And, and what it is, is it's, it's three to four week lead time when somebody needs something in a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, they'll want us to match the four-week price with a 24-hour rush charge price, for instance. And, and a lot of times, 
our 24-hour price is the same as our standard uh, service price, but that's been, you know, that's been the second part to to your question is the devils and the details, and we've learned, um, you know, humbly through making uh, mistakes along the way that uh, to get answers to all the questions before we make commitments on those. Yeah. Well, I uh, or j- just as a quick thing, Bobby, and then 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 you can go in a sec here that I. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm actually about to say this, but I would much rather lose an order to a professional outfit like an inkhead that has spent a fortune in their overhead and uh, the way in which they communicate the, the, uh, the, the, the creativity of our medium. I'd much rather lose an order to you guys than I would the person that is working out of their basement and is a part-time so-and-so and they're in this business and they're just selling by catalog and they're, both you guys are selling the same price. I'd much rather lose it to you because you, you deserve that sale. Now, I'd rather not lose any business to you, Jim, but you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and you know, it's interesting. The one thing we tell, I appreciate the compliment on behalf of the company, but I know that the one thing I educate clients on also when they talk about the industry getting cheapened by web providers is we have three full-time graphic artists on staff, and we have a fourth backup who's one of our co-founders And when we get really busy. And the reason that's important is we use all of the templates that the factory used to do artwork for the brick and mortar distributors and so what happens is if you were to call Inkhead at 10 o'clock in the morning and want to place a rush order and, and, and you sent us whether it's a JPEG or anything else we would have that artwork vectorized back to you sized on the template from the factory for a factory proof approval usually within two to three hours and the reason I share that with you is because that doesn't in our opinion, that doesn't cheapen the industry; it enhances it because Absolutely. all all of our customers get to see a full color proof on the template the factory provides, not in black and white, but in color. Yep. And if they and, and and if there's any advisories, they get to see all those, and they get to approve and make adjustments right there, same day, usually within hours, online with a value added service that that where I came from on the brick and mortar side would take me anywhere between one and three days just to get the proof back. Yep, yep. Jim, on the operations side, uh, managing the details in such an online world where you've got all these supplier partners of yours and their catalogs changing, their products changing, inventories changing, that has got to be a bear to keep up with. That is, is that, uh, tell us a little bit about that process. Well, it's, it's, um, we have approximately 19,000 items live on our site right now and um, we have three full-time people on our back end so you know needless to say if you do the math on that it's it's a log jam sometimes especially at the beginning of the year um, if there's what we try to do is create a formula that requires our supply chain partners to assist us with data that we can upload um, in a way where it can get washed and scrubbed where um, it's not a true API interface so to speak but at least it's we're moving in that direction to where we can push data instead of um, having to rekey it all the time um, right. you know when we get to that point where we can push data um, the answer to that question is it won't matter because everything you know will be moving forward with technology in an automated fashion that will be user friendly for both distributors, suppliers, and, and the end user. But we're not quite there yet. So right now, there's just literally a lot of man hours uh, that are spent tweaking and updating things year to year, uploading pictures from various FTTP sites, or are downloading a disk that a, a factory has sent us overnight. It it is by far 
in Q1 and Q2 our our, our biggest man hour um, eater, so to speak, for, uh, on the back end. Absolutely. Yeah, Dell Denham expressed the same sort of exasperation. To kind of kind of where we're as an industry, there is no real clean, simple way for to to get all of that data from all the multiple manufacturers that we're dealing with. Um, and you know, it's interesting too. I don't know if there's necessarily necessarily a question in this, but when I looked up pricing, I picked on a product. I took a product out of our industry that we'd all know. It was a bag. It had a unique name. So I went to Inked and I went to Foreign Print. And I went to all these sites and I looked for that bag. And the pricing's wildly erratic. Not that not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just all over the board. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, what do you What do you think, Jim? No, it's 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 a just like search engine optimization and keyword searches are a moving target. Online store price points, for instance, when when the market crashed uh, in '08 and and rolled into '09 and '10, um, all of a sudden uh, lower minimums became important online, um, and that can be frustrating because when you process a hundred dollar order, it costs as much to process that order as it does a five thousand dollar order. Right. Um, so you know, depend. So even if your margin's forty-five or fifty percent on a hundred-dollar order, if you look at what is required to make that happen as an online provider, not being a hundred percent automated yet, um, it, you know, it's 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 we we don't want to not have those orders, but at the same time, we're not going to cry if 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 the minimums get pushed up a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it, it. But what we also saw was. Whether you ordered 100 pieces or if the end column price was 2,500 pieces, there was a trend there for a while where everybody was charging the same thing. Mm. Um, and we didn't quite understand, quite honestly, we didn't understand that because um, if I was someone who I knew I was going to use 1,000 pieces of something over a year and I can order 100 of them you know, every six weeks, um, why would I want to order 1,000 at once? Um, okay. If it's if it's the same price, um, so we that's a moving target. I wish there was a crystal clear answer on that. But what I will tell you, we do, is we spot check. I mean, we'll spot check. Uh, you know, a lot of who we think are the top ten, twenty uh, internet providers to see where their price points are. And um, it one thing we do know is it's gotten more competitive the last two years. That is for sure. What what about the overall industry sales when it's been really difficult to pin down a number? Uh, a dollar amount for internet sales because you have your program business, your online stores uh, business, and then you have your online, what I call transactional e-commerce business. Um, what's your opinion on the numbers that the industry constantly talks about in terms of online internet sales? I think they're low because I think they're focusing on transaction business and not the totality of what you just talked about as far as programs, online stores. Um, you know, uh, an example I can give you is our our largest client in 2012 will be an international customer, um, and and you know they it, there was a four month communication period and and they'll place one order with us this year, huh. but that but that one order will be you know more than as much as we do in a month. Right. Right. Wow. Hey. Well, you know, by the, by the way, I, my favorite product, I haven't let that go, Mark. Uh, my favorite product is a filled koozie, not an empty koozie, but a filled <laughs> koozie, cold beer. And it's uh, Mark's favorite product is the Snuggie. 
actually. He told me yeah. one day that he loves the Snuggie. He actually has a few in his office, some at home, some in the cabin. No, not yep. cabin. What do you call it? Cottage. 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 cottage, cottage things. Co- yeah, cottage. And, yeah. And, yeah. and there, there is a reason we don't have these on video, Bobby. And the reason for that <laughs> is that I am wearing the Snuggie right now. Yeah, nothing but the Snuggie. Right now. Yeah, that's why. We, this, if, is why if, this, if, is if, ver- this is why this is completely audio podcast. That's right. That's right. That's hey, right. you, 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 you want to know? Get, you know, you know what keeps <laughs> online guys like me happy? <laughs> and, and, and you'll get a kick out of this is you'll get that you'll get that home run where somebody sends an inbound inquiry you talk to them and the next thing you know you got a twelve thousand dollar order and you're all you're all i mean you're all in for the day and then the very next phone call you get um is mary bell from uh, abc elementary school who needs 215 <laughs> cent pencils and she's debating on whether she can afford to get him sharpened or not <laughs> right. <laughs> right 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 <laughs> You know, but that's, you know, it's funny. There, there again, Jim, that is a great comment. There again, that's where the offline world isn't that different than the online world. I mean, nope. you know, you could have easily had that call from the elementary school not being. But it does make me wonder, though, does that make you a higher profile for that type of business? Well, well, I'll tell you what is business to you, Jim. What is what is what is, <laughs> what is true online, just, just as it is true on the brick and mortar side? The largest customer I ever had on the brick and mortar side started out with a hundred and sixty-four dollar balloon order, and by the time I was done working with those people, we were doing north of a half a million dollars. Yep, there you um, go. The same thing can happen online if somebody places an order from an elementary school and they need two hundred and twenty dollars worth of pencils. We don't know until we we do a needs assessment whether they're from a district that has five hundred schools in it. Right. Um, so, and all of a sudden, if you get part of a giant school system. All of a sudden, that one school you can piggyback into fifty other schools, and the next thing you know, you got a nice chunk of business. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Jim, what um, does? Um, go ahead, Mark. Uh, it. Um, I'll, I'll throw in this one question here, Jim, about uh, SEO. I know that you're a, a real SEO expert, and and I believe that a lot of what we've chatted about in the past has been. Uh, how you've used Google to really uh, uh, increase Inkhead's profile. I'm curious about where you see the future going. Do you see a Google future or do you see a Facebook future? Uh, that's, oh, man, not only is that a great question, but I'll add a third part to that. Uh, you got to throw Apple in there also. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, you got to look at Google, Facebook, and Apple. And, you know, recently the CEO of, of uh, Google uh, did an interview where he, you know, where, where they brought up Facebook, and and uh, he openly stated that you know things have changed so fast that one of the things that has happened is those two, Facebook and Apple, they cannot crawl their sites. So you know, Google is obviously uh, an animal when it comes to crawling and, and securing data. Well, they yeah. can't they can't do that with Facebook and uh, with Apple. No. So, you know, he openly stated that, and this, you know, I'm, I, I'm just paraphrasing here, but that was one of the things that he re- was reflecting on, on, on how the industry is evolving. Do we think Google is still going to be the elephant in the room? Absolutely. Um, yep. but, but do we think that Facebook, there's going to be a niche in a market for Facebook and Apple? I, 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 Facebook for sure. Yeah. Um, if, if, if Apple packages their stuff together properly with some other uh, people that they can align themselves with, then, then they could be right there also. And as a corollary to that question, forget about the advertising side. Have, has social media had a meaningful impact on your business, or do you see that moving the needle over the next uh, one to two years? And there's, you know, um, it's funny. 
we're an internet company. And a couple of years ago, I came back, uh, and I and I believe it was after listening to your presentation in St. Louis, Mr. Graham. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> and and I asked the guys. I said, guys, you know, I know we're an internet company, but man, there's a lot of buzz going on there about social media. And we had a brick and mortar response back then. Oh man, nobody's going to buy on you know anything on Facebook. You know, why would somebody spend anything on Twitter? Well. We were wrong. Uh, in the next few years, uh, you know, sales of just social on social media alone are going to approach fourteen billion dollars on you know just through social media. Yeah. So you know, so we were wrong. I mean, we literally, you know, our gut told us one thing, but the millennium generation clearly told us something different. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, you guys are a ten million. Oh, by the way, I can't let it go, Mark. How did you pronounce corollary? <laughs> How did you did you call it a corollary? No, you know it was worse than that. Corollary, come on! Corollary, you speak English Holy or what? Cow, I've never heard that before. Okay, that was that was a good one. You know, I got when that I, my, I go ahead, I, go ahead, Colin. As, as a sidebar here, so when I when I, in, in high school, I had a a British uh, science teacher, and. We, he, call, uh, he called uh, the element aluminum, at least what I would call aluminum. I think you guys call it aluminum as well. He would go aluminium and <laughs> aluminium today in class. And anyways, it always threw us off. But yeah, I don't know. Corollary, there you go. Wow. Okay. You guys hey. are goofy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim, you guys are a $10 million plus distributor. We're, uh, not, that, we're, not, we're not quite there yet. Okay, okay, all right. So, but, but, but you know, you're still larger far larger than the average distributor so let's take the average distributor what does an average distributor do with the information they're hearing today what would you advise them now you took this leap from this brick and mortar to now this online where where um what advice do you have for folks to get ready are you supposed to get ready for the coming deluge that you should certainly be more prepared than you are today what do you what do you advise uh well it's that's really where our where my passion comes from personally at this stage of my career is you know there's 20,500 distributors out there um, of those 20,500 distributors 88% or 89% do less than a million dollars okay so you've got the vast majority in a neighborhood of 19,000 plus distributors that do under a million dollars a year that are young in their career and so forth a lot of them and they're, and they're saying what am I gonna you know what do I need to do the next 10 years well um, if I am entering this industry right now you definitely need to have a domain and a website you definitely need to have a Twitter account you definitely need to have a Facebook account and even if um, even if you're not quite sure how to optimize them you need to have them uh, because one of the things that some of the search engines are starting to do is pull up data locally before, the, uh, and 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 that will be um, depending on how the algorithms are working on any given point in time. If you're in um, in New York City and you open up a business and you have a web domain and all that kind of stuff, uh, the chances of you coming up faster are better now because a lot of times local stuff does come up first. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it's and the other thing I share, and I and and this blows me away. And I'm you know I'll be 54, and I'm thinking to myself. Someone asked me recently, when's the last time you used the yellow pages? And I wanted to be cool and say, well, gosh, you know, it's been years, but it was really Saturday night when I looked up a pizza delivery place. 
That's funny. <laughs> but, but the reality of it is, from a true business standpoint, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> I mean, almost a hundred. Literally, we are close to a hundred percent saturation. And I'm not exaggerating. It's actually 97% consumers research products online before they buy. Yeah, so if yeah. 90, if if 9.7 out of every 10 people go online to do some homework before they make a buying decision, it would be, in my opinion, grossly negligent of the leaders and ambassadors in our industry not to help people get set up that way. I mean, you, right. you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, th- those 19,000 distributors that you talked about, it's a still a pretty big leap for them to invest in the technology and probably more so invest in the time it takes to build the right technology to make that a cornerstone of your business or certainly a foundational part of your business. Part of the problem is that the industry, there aren't a lot of tools available still in our industry to allow a small distributor to easily pop up an e-commerce shop. No, you know, you're right. Um, You can always go through ASI or PPAI. I mean, they do have a um, off-the-shelf platform that allows people to do that um, and and where I came from actually that's what we did we used logo mall and uh, and you know it it didn't it we didn't do a lot of orders but at least we had a presence um, so it, it's um, even if you just start with a simple um, home page with just a with just information about your company and then add on to it from there my message is never going to change. You need to have a presence, and and you can always add to that presence. And I'll even use us as an example. We we are to the point now where um, you would think that if you're a, you know an eight million dollar company that you can do almost everything organically. And that's not true. Um, you know, uh, Chris, Jason, and Bill, our original co-founders, um, they're extremely smart on the back end, but the internet is, is such a fast moving target that you need somebody outside your box quite frankly to keep you honest and um, and we have found that by complementing our organic approach um, with a strategic partner who helps us with a marketing campaign also online has resulted uh, especially this year I mean we are so thankful uh, because it keeps us on the edge of what's going on online um, it, as much as you'd like to stay current Google changes so many things so often, for instance, using them as an example, that if you don't have that outside voice giving you input along with your inside voices, right. um, all, of a, all of a sudden your relevancy can change literally overnight if you're not careful. That's good yeah. advice. You know, I, I'm curious too, Jim, you probably know this number. What what does the keyword cost look like for promotional products, the phrase promotional products? Well, it's uh, that's uh, I, what I will tell you is interesting is promotional products is the most searched term online. Okay, that and, and by the time I go to NALC, I'm going to have that drilled down to an exact number. But if 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 you were to do a, uh, I'll use discount mugs as an example. They are the industry leader and have been for years on the distributor side with pay per clicks. Um, they've literally been doing it for so many years and they've been doing it so effectively right now it would literally be crazy for them to withdraw from that kind of a strategy just because they've been doing it they've been seen so many hundreds of thousands of millions of times where all of a sudden if they just relied on their organic data um, it could it could cause a monumental shift in what happens with their traffic so so I mean literally there are several pieces of, of of a strategic strategy that are involved that um, 
I think is another thing that's very misunderstood in our industry. Um, but it, it could cost five, six, six fifty-seven bucks a pop hmm. um, to be when if you were typing promotional products and you see those sponsored links. Every time somebody clicks on one of them, I can assure you it's probably costing somebody in the neighborhood of six to six fifty for that. Every time somebody pops that, now that's great as long as you're there. But once your spend is up, then all of a sudden you vanish. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the that's where that's why you have to have some SEO work to back up what you're doing from a pay per click standpoint. Hmm. Jim, I uh, I've I've one more question for you, and I, I ask this of all the people that have been on the on the show, so to speak. Um, technology trends. What are what 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 technology has got you the most excited um, with regard to how it could impact your business over the next one or two years? Well, it, it's if it. First of all, I don't know if it's going to happen, but what we're finally starting to see is a back-end interface between the supplier and the distributor. Um, you know, and whether you want to call it an ERP system or whatever, but the reality is, is we're moving closer and closer to API communication between supplier and distributor. Yeah. And and when that happens, and it's not gonna, it's not a question of if it will happen when it happens and it will happen I I hope it's within two years if it does what will happen is the uh, is when you're pushing the data it, it doesn't have to be rekeyed so the common mistakes for instance like somebody typing in a zip code ship to address incorrectly or missing a number on the street address or something like that all those kind of errors all those forms of human errors will go away um, because the data will be pushed and transmitted and it won't have to be touched um, that is going to be incredible when it happens. So that's really what excites me now is uh, we, we, we think the industry, um, both from a social media standpoint and from a technology communication standpoint, has probably progressed more in the last three to four years than they did probably the previous 20. Right. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Jim, how long have you been in the industry? 14 years. What advice do you have in general, not just technology only, but what advice do you have based on your success and the 14 years of being in the industry? It's a numbers game, and it always will be. Um, you know, it's it's you never know uh, from a touch standpoint whether you're online doing a CRM drip uh, or if you're on the phone making 50 outbound phone calls or if you're on the street knocking on 50 doors. Um it's it's always going to be a numbers game, and if you play the numbers game and you plan your plan and work your plan, good things can happen. Hmm. Good advice, uh, Jim. Do you have any final comments before we wrap up? Anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on? Um, I think that you know the 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 thing that um, I think continues to amaze me uh, about what's happening is just the the rapid growth of what's going on online. I mean, if you look back. 2008 2008 you know uh, industry sales online were about 1.5 billion dollars so just to see here we are now you know in 2012 just to think in three years um, the internet sales online have more than doubled yeah and and, and you know and to, and so in our industry even though total internet sales I guess this will be my final point. Total internet sales may grow from like 202 billion to 370 billion or whatever over the next five years. But do I think that within the promotional product industry, industry sales can grow from over 3 billion to over 6 billion? Absolutely. And there's one reason for that global 
uh, global online sales. Um, we, we did not touch base on this, but there is way, way more money spent online in Europe than there is in the United States. It blows people yeah. away when they hear that. Now, yeah. they may buy their product from the United States, but they're paying for it over there, you know, as far as the, the transactions based in, in, in their country. And, you know, that that type of opportunity for a small entrepreneur, if they can become relevant online um, and, and see some of that market that they're currently missing right now, um, I, I think that we are in the first quarter of what's happening online in the promotional product industry. And it would not surprise me at all um, over the next 10 years. And, and I'm going to go on a limb here and say it wouldn't surprise me in 10 years if online sales triple because people are, are coming online and creating domains and trying to become relevant at, at a higher activity rate now than in any other time. And, and it's only going to, I think it's only going to increase. Cool. Mark? I'm excited. I Just chatting with Jim, he's got me all excited. I know. He does that to you know, me, go, too, every time. Yeah, to go and sell <laughs> some koozies online. I tell you, I'm going to be, in six months, you just wait. I'm going to buy a bunch of ads. I'm going to be the koozieking.com koozie or crazy Mark's koozies. Or you know what? Just, just to beat you because we have this weird competitive thing going, I'm going to go create the world's perfect website where you can get one-off Snuggies with your logo. <laughs> Just it could be, hang on, I can, I can sell you digitalunit.com, Bobby, you know, for 10 bucks. <laughs> I bought it for five, so, you know, there you go. You still have your shirt? <laughs> I still have my shirt. I don't wear it often because it kind of depresses me a little bit. You know, you don't often walk around with a shirt that says Unic on it. That's kind of weird. But, Jim, I have to tell you, every, I have, I, every time we visit, though, it is exciting, man. You really do get us fired up about e-commerce. It makes me just go, all right, we got to get on this thing. Well, what we got to get on is the new inkhead design for our T-shirts and our our uh, apparel, so that when I uh, show up, uh, you know, in, in New Orleans, um, we can all have a little bit of fun with some new designs. Yeah, and speaking of, see, I can't stop talking. You guys just recently revamped your site, and it looks great on the iPad, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, looks good. Mark, any final questions, comments? I have no other questions other than uh, to say that for those that are considering NALC, they should definitely come because I know that, Jim, you're going to be leading this session on internet sales factor fiction. Or fiction and um, I think that this is really just a, um, a sampling of the awesomeness yeah. that will come. So please well, come the to venue, NALC. Yeah, the venue at NALC this year, I'm on the action committee. I will tell you the venue is better it's going to be it should be up on the site probably by the end of this week and the, you're going to like the content now it is light it's i'm psyched i'm as excited about the content at nalc as about i am the inkhead website awesome that's good that's stuff. awesome well jim thanks so much we'll definitely have to do this again maybe in uh six months or so and uh, we can check in to see where online sales are at and where uh inkhead has uh have has moved to so thank yeah, you so general. much Gentlemen, I hope you have a good day unless you have other plans. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Really okay, appreciate good. it, buddy. Take care, Take care man. Buddy. All right. Bye-bye.